about them Irish. I can't take it anymore. I need a national championship. This is the Four Horsemen Podcast. Well, fuck. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't even know the final score of the game. I turned the game off. I'd say about 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, that When we had a fourth and five on our own side of the, the half and we didn't go for it, we punted it away. That was the surrender, so I surrendered. I put it away. Boy, does it hurt. So I'm joined by Steve. Um, no P-Wagon again, our third horseman. Uh, just us two. Steve, I have nothing to say. What do you have? I just have to speak so that way people can hear my voice and know that I have not killed myself. I have no words. I'm appalled. I just have no words. It's it felt it feels like I'm in the twilight zone. Like I can't believe that happened. I imagine this is what like a really serious breakup feels like. Like the next day you're like you wake up, everything's fine, and then you think, wait, did that fucking happen? Yep. It happened. We got blown out. I mean, I turned the game off. It was like 24-7. It wasn't that bad. And apparently Michigan put up a lot more than that. Um, I, I just I can't believe that's how the game turned out. To speak quickly about the score discrepancy at the end, I mean, obviously, it, between both quarterbacks, I think they completed seven passes for a combined like 150 yards. Combined the whole game. Um, I mean, our defense was just on the field for like 45 minutes. They were exhausted. They came in and Michigan did them no favors by fucking throwing the ball a couple times. You know, when they shouldn't have, they should have just ran the ball out and just got the clock down. So that's why they, they were able to run it up at the end. It's just we were gassed. And. <sighs> Not that it all matters. I mean, we, we handedly lost anyway, and because I, we stink. I think the difference that game was Michigan stopped our run, running attack, our running game, and we couldn't stop theirs. And that that's it. We we couldn't force Shea Patterson to throw. Our advantage was in the air. Yes, it was raining. I've seen some tweets of people like. Look how many more passing plays we had. That's because we lost. No, you, we had to pass because, well, one, we couldn't run for shit. Like, we got, what, maybe a yard a carry. Two, we were trailing by three scores for most of the game. Of course, we're going to have to throw the ball more. The whole issue is that we couldn't stop their run game. They walked all over us. We had to play from behind, and we couldn't do anything on the ground because Michigan put eight or nine guys in the box and dared us to throw it like their linebackers and were coming exactly what we should have done. They were, they were coming in in gaps along the, the edges, every play they were selling out for the run. And we, for most of the first half, we just wouldn't throw the ball. And when we did book, wouldn't throw it to open receivers. How many times did in that game, they showed you a, a replay of what Ian book is seeing. And he's just so hesitant. He won't throw the ball easily five or six. And he would have had literally fucking touchdowns on like half of them. 
And then how awesome. We had one good player. You know, for fuck or four horsemen. We had one good player that whole game. That was Chase Claypool. Like, you, they threw through the ball, jump ball to him about five times. I swear he grabbed it three or four. Just something He's ridiculous. Incredible. He's incredible. Um, I mean, that's the only reason we even got a first down for, I think, the first half was because we threw a, a 10 or 15-yard pass his way. It's just, what a sickening game. And I feel like I want to believe it was because of that one play that just threw everything off. But it's hard not to have looked at that whole performance and say, well, how can you just limit it to that one play? There was plenty of chances to get back into it, and they just didn't. But the one play I'm referring to is the blocked punt that somehow went against us. It just feels like if that doesn't happen, we could easily win that game. But I don't know if I can believe that. Steve, do you have anything you want to say about that play in particular? How, on the biggest stage of your life, do you make such a mental error? I don't know who touched that ball. Past the first down marker. Uh, What was it, fourth and three? So obviously the ball has to just travel three yards, and then it just crosses the line of scrimmage, or first down marker, whatever, and it becomes... It's it's a dead ball upon downs. So whoever the Notre Dame guy was, the player, I think it was number 35, I don't know. He ends up trying to grab the ball in the slipperiest conditions known to mankind when it's a fucking monsoon out. He he fucks it all up. Michigan recovers, They and that ends up being a, a field goal drive for them. We would have had the ball in there for... Within their forty-yard line, attacking for our second drive of the game, and we ended up. It ends with a net Michigan field goal because of a mental error, not only on the biggest stage, but also after coming off of a bye week, preparing for this. How does Brian Kelly not get his players mentally and physically prepared? How do you not know to? Just don't touch that ball, or if it's close enough to the sideline, just slap the ball out of bounds. I, I'm I'm befuddled. I don't know. I don't know if that one's to blame on the coach or the player. I mean, the coach has to take a lot of a lot of um, credit for the loss. He's got he's got to be accountable for it. And I guess we should talk about Kelly for a second. Um, we put out a tweet that was a little controversial. Um, there was a lot of calls for Kelly to be fired after that game, like there is in our very our hyper emotional, sensitive fan base, and I understand it. I had tweeted um, at the time; it was twenty four seven. Kelly's not going anywhere, even if you want him to. Just realistically, they're not going to fire him. If they didn't fire him after four and eight, they're not going to fire him after you know whatever. If we finish the season ten and two or whatever. Um, so stop complaining about it. We're at our best since we've been in the 90s. I still believe that fundamentally, despite the big loss. Now, here's the thing. I don't want people to think that's being okay with this loss. We have a sad pattern in the Kelly era, and like most teams in general, to lose in ranked games on the road. We just, we're not good at it. We tend to either get blown out or lose a heartbreaker. And it feels like it's a lose-lose either way because, of course, the internet just 
trances on us, right? Like I saw so much tweets last night that was just so sickening to see, you know, the kicking Notre Dame, basically, you know, this is an overrated program. You know, I mean, they were in the playoff last year, 12 and 0, as if this is overrated. But I, I think that there's an appetite for change. And what I mean by that is I, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a new coach in. I, I kind of, I'm okay if we transition. It's not going to be by firing though. We're not firing Kelly. Kelly's still a very good coach. But I understand we're all sick of it. I think he's been here 10 years now. I think he's going to retire or take a hiatus from coaching very soon. I don't know if it's going to be this year. It could be next year. I just can't see him staying on much longer. Um, and there's some coaches out there that we might be interested in. Um, obviously, people are throwing Urban Meyer's name around. Who knows if that's possible? I'd love it. Everyone would love it. But well, Matt Rule, um, Baylor, he's a hot topic right now. There's There's some good coaches out there. But we're not going to fire him. We have to get that in our mind. Kelly's going nowhere. Kelly is a good coach. Kelly has lost in big games. All of those things can be true. It's okay to be pro-Kelly because of how much better we've been, but still be criticizing these losses. I feel like people conflate that. People conflate Kelly defenders as, well, you're just okay with losing. No, we're definitely not okay with losing. But we are realistic to the point where this is the best we've been in 20 years. We understand that. We understand what Kelly's done for the program. But something's got to be said about these losses. We haven't taken that next step. Someone had said that on Twitter, you know. We just can't seem to win that big primetime road game. And I don't know what the solution is. Um, I think Kelly will stay on for the rest of the year, obviously. I think he's going to make a decision in his future whether he wants to stay as a coach or not. But I think we're just going to have to suck it up. Stop complaining about firing Kelly. It's just not going to happen. Um, the coordinators, it might. I mean, Chip Long was absolutely dreadful yesterday. Um, we have absolutely no script. We're just talking. We have no stats. I didn't even know the score of the game. So that's just my last tangent on on Kelly there. This is going to be a pretty freestyle podcast, and it's hopefully going to be pretty short. Steve? Imagine what Brian Kelly could do with a quarterback. That's a fair point. I mean, I get that we were in a monsoon. Deshaun Kaiser played in a monsoon against Clemson. He kept him in it. He had, you know, he sustained drives long enough to keep your defense off the field. They fought through it, you know, and and ultimately held on to the very end, and and we know how that ended. Ian Book's just not good, man. Brutal. You know, he 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 just had he had so much promise, you know, and just the more tape that's come out, he's apt to feeling to either not feeling the pressure when he should, a la like pre-snap reads, or feeling the pressure when he shouldn't, basically seeing ghosts and running around. He just doesn't keep his eyes downfield. Missed four or five receivers wide open. He's not decisive. Indecisive. Can't make a decision. Can't make a pre-snap read. He Not like he had much help. Like fucking Tommy Tremble just dropping a crossing route across the middle. Like untouched. Just drop the football. But at the end of the day, Ian is a game manager with legs. That's relatively accurate 
when you give him a wide open player within f- 10 to 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. And if you have the running game that works, then he's multi, you know, the, the offense becomes multidimensional and, and he can help carry it along with a stifling defense on the other side of the ball. Against weaker competition, too. That's just something that. Weaker competition, yeah. And the problem is that Ian gets so exposed against superior teams, superior defenses, when we cannot run the football. So we become one dimensional, we become predictable, and then now they can bring the house at him and double cover Claypool. And then who who else can he possibly throw the ball to? And even if they are open, he probably won't see them. So it, this transitioning to the next point, which is the most devastating thing to me that I just fundamentally do not understand. Nick Martin, Zach Martin, Ronnie Staley, Quinton Nelson. Who else am I missing? McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey, right there. I just named five starting all-pro offensive linemen in the NFL currently. People are literally saying that Quinton Nelson is going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame left guard. Yep. How have we had so much talent on the offensive side on the offensive line in recent years? How do we have so much talent on the offensive line with Tommy Kramer, Leon Eichenberg, Jarrett Patterson, uh, fucking Aaron Banks, everyone? Hainsey, yeah. Hainsey. Like, we have so much talent currently. We've had so much talent in the recent past, and we have so much talent in the pipeline between Zeke Quarrel, uh, everyone. And we can not run the football against a decent team. Clemson, 14 carries for like 14 yards. Georgia, 20 carries for like 50 yards. Last night, averaging 1.1 yard per fucking carry against Michigan. I think I have an answer for you. In all those games, we didn't have a quarterback. We didn't we didn't win the national championship in 2017 because Brandon Wimbush was our quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser stayed a year behind that offensive line with Josh Adams and a very solid defense. I feel like the Irish win the national championship in all of or those at least games. Have a chance to compete in all of those games. Those defenses has dared our quarterback to throw. And that's it. We know that you can stop the run. You can control the run game defensively by just putting more men in the box. There is, in college, yes, there's more variance. There's more room for wiggle room for just pure talent. But when you are dead set on stopping the run, you can stop the run. It's, you can do that. That's what Michigan did. That's what Georgia did. That's what Clemson did. They made our quarterback throw. And our quarterback sucked. We, for one, ran the ball too much in the first half. And then when we threw the ball, we threw it so poorly that it was just as bad as running the ball. We couldn't do anything with it. The only time we had success is when we threw the ball eight yards down the field to chase Claypool on the boundary because he's a freak. 
that's about it. We couldn't find. I bet the over on Cole Komet to get four and a half catches. I don't. Did he, he caught the one touchdown pass? How do you not what? use Cole Komet? You, Cole Komet destroyed Georgia. He was terrorizing that defense. Georgia's got a defense at least on par with Michigan. How yeah. do you not use him? You're, their linebackers were coming after our running backs on every play. And they got some great linebackers out there. I have nothing but good things to say about that Michigan defense. McGrone was fantastic. Um, Glasgow was excellent too. They were coming in to stop the run every play. Where's the? When there's no linebackers. Cole Komet should be wide open in the middle of the field. Where is he? Why wasn't Ian Book running the ball more? I, I just, I was worried about this. I was worried that the weather was going to nullify our advantage in the passing game and force this to become you a running game. You tweeted it out ahead of time. You saw it coming a mile away, dude. And it was, and even though we have the better running back, we have the better offensive line, when it comes to one-dimensional running game, Michigan's defense can dictate the game. And we couldn't, we could not defend the same way they did. That's how it was. Even though we do have the better rushing game, Michigan's defensive um, rush was just way too good. And it, what it did is it limited us. We couldn't throw the ball, and then we couldn't replicate that to them. We could not force them to throw the ball because we couldn't even stop them on the ground. It was just a, a cycle of just terribleness. It was all around garbage, and it's it's very frustrating to see that because Notre Dame is a better team than Michigan. They are on paper. They We match up well with them across the board. We were ahead of them in every statistic except one or two, and then we just get blown out. And maybe the weather had a factor. Maybe the crowd had a factor. Weather, if, if that's a dry football game, if there's no rain and that's just a 45-degree night in, in Ann Arbor, I'm under the impression we're probably winning. If not, it's a one-possession game. And, and both teams are probably scoring less than 20 points. But what the fuck, dude? Like, we can't run. We can't pass. Our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> it's like, it's just sickening, man. It's like, I just know that, okay, th- statistically speaking, we are going to go 10 and 2, right? Most likely, yeah. Mo- in all likelihood, we're going 10 and 2. If we drop one, I mean that's that it, that's when it gets to devastation level. I think a a nine win season at this point would be horrific for the program. It has to be ten, and that's what we're projected. We're probably getting Oklahoma. Probably getting Maybe. Oklahoma, right? You, you or, bring or up else, a good who point. Who else are we going to get? We're probably, uh, we're, or we're going to get the first SEC team out. Who's it going to be? Alabama, uh, Georgia again, which we've had so much recent success against, or LSU, which we actually have had recent success against. But like, good luck stopping Joe fucking Burrow. So what? Yeah. Like, what's the point? It's just like we're marching towards our death, and it's just because well, we can't get a quarterback. And I mean, we have one, in in we have talent coming through the pipeline but it's just like it never matches up when we have deshaun kaiser who is a pro style qb who's who has the intangibles and can make the fucking throws and have a pocket presence and has vision of the field and has a rocket arm then we have no defense and we have no offensive line we have no weapons we go four and eight and then when we finally have the 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 weapons on the outside we finally put the offensive line in place we finally have the defense we have a guy who shouldn't even play be playing pop warner 
I'm, just, I'm I, that's like that's the only thoughts that I have about this entire thing, and I, I I cut you off there, and I do apologize. I'm obviously just upset. It's just that's the only thoughts that I have after watching that just fucking abomination. It's just so frustrating because it's just like it never just all clicks at once, and every single year I get so excited because we have so much talent, and if it all clicks at once, we are in the national title picture, and it just never will all click at the same time. And that's what's devastating. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we said earlier on the show that if Book doesn't turn it around, it's going to hurt us. Um, and it definitely did. I think you brought up a good point that we'll probably go 10-2. and two, And that I think that raises the question, what do we have to play for? People must be really just totally nihilistic about this season now. It's not lost. A New Year's Six uh, bowl game, I think, is still on the table at 10-2. and two. Notre Dame should be in like the Cotton Bowl. Um, they could get an at-large against the Big 12. You know, Notre Dame-Texas would be a good bowl game. Um, they could get, uh, like you said, LSU or Georgia. I think there's still something to be said for this season. If you told me at the start of the year we were going to go 10-2 and two with a major bowl game, I'd be disappointed, but that's a good season. Yes. We knew this was more... It, it was it was unlikely to replicate it. The schedule looked harder than it was ended up being, but it looked really tough. Um, most people projected us at ten and two. I don't think ten and two is bad. If we end up if we win our next four games or five games or whatever, I feel like the the narrative will shift. I feel like the mood right now is so awful. But if we win five games in a row and we're in a big bowl game, there'll be an, there'll be excitement again, and there'll be excitement going into the next season. We still have things to play for. Um, which kind of brings me into another question I'd like to ask you because it, it relates to do we still have something to play for? Would you go with Phil Jerkovic or do you think Ian Book should kind of finish off the year? I thought it, man. And I'm not sure. You, I know you didn't watch the end of the game. Phil ended up throwing a touchdown. I mean, we were down by a million by that point, but he did throw a TD. Also had a sloppy fumble, but whatever. I mean,. Can't blame him for having to play in the middle of Hurricane Katrina. Um, oh man! At See, this point, you're not playing for a playoff. Yeah, we know we're out, and and I do want to still. I'm down. I'm obviously very sad. I'm, I'm I'm upset, and all of Irish Nation is today. Don't let that the. I, um, I'm about to send a mixed message. Be positive. Be excited about the future. We have so much talent coming in. It's just a matter of it all clicking in place at the same time. And, uh, you know, we, uh, this is still, you know, we, we're probably going to end up 10-2. and two. We're probably going to play in a major bowl game and knock on wood, hopefully be able to compete in that. Um. So I'm I'm still excited about this year and and I'm still excited about the prospect of a New Year's Six bowl game and that's a successful year. We are as you've pointed out multiple times especially once before on this podcast at a at a 25 year peak as a program which is awesome. And I want obviously our projection to continue to increase and go higher. And with all of that kind of being said, I I think you got to go with Phil. Interesting. And, and I, I very much, and, and I know I've kind of trashed Ian, and I don't mean to. I'm just 
obviously overreacting and hypersensitive right now. Ian has done a very good job of getting us to the point where we needed to be, and he was a great game manager. We don't need a game manager anymore. Or at at this point, we have to crop ourselves. We have to grow the quarterback position to the point where it catches up to the talent with the rest of the team. And we're doing ourselves no service at this point by saying, okay, Ian, well, this is probably your last year here, so you're going fin- to you're, you're play the last five games, pal, and you're going to do real well, and you're going to win them by default because we're playing inferior opponents, and then we're going to go to the Cotton Bowl and lose by 31, and then everything's going to be fine. You graduate, and then we'll try again next year. Not down for that, man. Like, yeah. let's get a guy that threw for and ran for a combined 6,000, 5,000 yards his senior year and threw for over 50 touchdowns. Let's get a guy who's 6'5 and has an absolute rocket arm. Let's get a guy that everyone is describing as the chosen one from the cradle of quarterbacks in Western PA. Throw in Phil. What do you got to lose at this point? Phil plays bad. You, you put Ian back in and you know exactly what to expect. Yeah, what I would what I would say is hey, look at what happened last year with Clemson when you know the first four games were Kelly Bryant and then all of a sudden you have a true freshman come in and we know how that ended. Yeah. So just grow the next crop and just move on. Just you know, rip the band aid off. That's my thought behind it. Just because at this I point, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I Sorry. here's the thing is I don't want to punt on this season because we still have a lot to play for. Even nine and three, which would be disappointing, still gets us in a good bowl game. Not a great one, but a good one. It's just, it. I don't. I don't want to give up and just say, you know what, this is a development year. We're just going to roll with it and and get through all the uh, the rough patches with the new quarterback. However, if he's actually better than Book or they're competing at the same level, then yes, I'm okay. Which is why I'm kind of okay with a very short leash. Leash getting in, um, perhaps two quarterbacks in the games to let them compete throughout the season. But I'm not punting the season. And and to be clear, I'm saying that we should put in Phil, not because I'm like, okay, let's just develop. Like, I legitimately think that he will be a step forward. I legitimately think we will not only finish 10-2, and two, but actually give him five games to develop his in-game experience and then give us a shot at, at you know, going 11-2 and two and winning a New Year's Six Bowl game against, you know, LSU or Oklahoma or whoever that may pan out to be. Because we know it's going to be a top-10 opponent. And we know that we don't play well against top 10 opponents historically in bowl games when, when we play a New Year's bowl game. So, but like, if, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there in, in line with you. If, if Ian is still superior this year, play Ian, give us whatever is going to give us the chance to win that 11th game. But if they're at the same exact level and you have a chance to have Phil play five, slightly above average teams to get him some good experience where he can, we're still projected to win and play very well and he can develop and be better for the future. Go with the chosen one. Yeah. That's where we are. If, if Phil is near the level of book, they're similar. I'd go Phil. If they're not, if Kelly still feels like book is the best shot at winning, I, we, we got to go with book. We have to go with what's going to, I'm not going to, hurting our chances hurt our chances if it means just getting phil early game time but if phil's good enough to win those games then fuck it let's go with phil however that should 
really lead us into our next and probably final segment, um, Virginia Tech. That's who's next on the schedule. Do you have any thoughts on them? I don't know anything about them. Is their quarterback that we played against them last year still there? No idea. I did absolutely zero research. They came off a bye. That's all I know. We're projected to win as of this point. I think we're 16.5-point favorites. Yeah, that Um, seems high. Are we at home? Yeah, we're at home because we played in uh, Blacksburg last year. Yeah. This is the one that I thought would be the trap game. At the start of the year, you guys said Duke. I said Virginia Tech because of that emotional game at Michigan. Mm-hmm. If Notre Dame comes out sloppy like they did against Virginia after that loss to Georgia, this season can get really ugly. If Notre Dame responds like the team they are and Ian Book starts playing like he can and starts throwing the ball and we start just blowing out Virginia Tech, then I'm hopeful. But I don't know. Like, that Michigan loss was so bad, I don't know where we go from here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not particularly afraid of Virginia Tech. Can we lose this game? Yeah, in theory. I mean, we've we've seen the Irish throw a bunch of shitty fucking games away in the in the last fifteen years of my fandom. Um, but uh, we're a better football team. We are a top ten football team. There's no question about it. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, the quarterback just has to catch up with the rest of the team. That's 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 pretty much my only thoughts. And to be to, to just, you know, I, we're just keep fighting. Fighting Irish for a reason, man. We've said this at the beginning of the year. We've said this before the Georgia podcast or in the Georgia podcast before that before that game. Regardless of the outcome of any sad decision, it, we're not the lay down and rub our bellies Irish. We're the fighting Irish. It sucks. We're hurt. We're down. We're sad. We're emotionally invested in a team that looks like they kind of quit on us. But that doesn't mean that it's over yet. It doesn't mean that this this season is a punt. I want to go 10-2. and two, And I want to get into a game against a premier opponent. Play again. And, and I want to blow the fucking doors off of them and embarrass them for once. And I'm excited for it. I want us to do it. And I think we can do it. And I still have that belief. We are the Fighting Irish. We're going to continue to play Fighting Irish football. We have a great defense. We have a good offense. We have a great head coach. Head coach definitely needs to step his game up with play calls. I, I, Clark Lay, I, I'm not sure if he's the future. No, no, I mean, Chip Long, I meant to say. Chip Long, if you want to go soon, like, oh, okay, thank you. For your service, appreciate that. But whatever, we're gonna regroup. We're gonna lick our wounds. We're gonna move on, and we're gonna try to win some football games. And and that's what we have to look forward to. So everyone, be positive. It sucks. You get kicked in the nuts as hard as you possibly can. That doesn't mean I don't love this program, this school, and this team. Just upset right now. But there's if you if you don't think that there's anything worth playing for, then you're not a fucking fan. Don't listen to the podcast. Don't tweet about Notre Dame. Take a, throw out all their memorabilia and then forget about them because you're not welcome. But if you think that this program is something worth fighting for, then hop along the board, the bandwagon. Take a week to be pissed off about everything and then come Saturday, tweet up a storm and let everyone know how proud you are to be a fan and how pumped you are that we're going to blow out this fucking shitty team on Saturday. That's my thoughts on Virginia Tech and the future of this. That's my opening and closing comments about everything that I could possibly say. Those are all the words that I have today. 
Dylan, fire away as many as you got. I, I've taken up a lot of time. Thanks so much for being patient. No, that's fine. I think you made a really good, passionate speech there. And the thing is, we can be fans and all disagree. Like People can vehemently want Kelly out, and that's because they love the program. It's not those people that I, we have an issue with. We disagree with them, but you know, your passion is definitely welcome. Um, the thing that hurts, I think, more than on top of everything is the fact that what this means for like the the rivalry too like so kelly goes to three and four against michigan he had a chance to finish off as with a winning record um are we're trying to catch up with michigan the series lead again because michigan counts those first seven or eight games where they taught us how to play and that's more than the margin ever since then notre dame has the winning record but now it's offset right we won one we lost one no game was made I hate that. I hate that Michigan can claim that because they only have that because they refuse to play Notre Dame for 50 years. They avoided Notre Dame in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and the 60s, and they started playing them at the end. It's like if they were playing for throughout the 20th century, Notre Dame would be miles ahead. Anyway, I just hate that we made no ground in this rivalry. Michigan gets that last laugh. It was a blowout. Um, Kelly gets the, the L on there in, in terms of that rivalry. We'll not see that rivalry for a long time unless we get each other in like probably a bowl game, which I would expect in the next 15 years would probably happen. I, I think we would end up playing Michigan again in, in an unscheduled way. But it's just, it really hurts, especially if you're like me and you just absolutely loathe Michigan with everything in your body. It's just, it hurts. It hurts to lose to them, to that scumbag program that doesn't deserve to have a football program. It, it, it just really, really sucks. Um, and to get blown out like that. It's just, it's brutal. And it, this whole game, it raises so many issues on the season, on the coach's trend about not winning on the road, about the rivalry, about what the rest of the season looks like. Like, this loss has thrown everything into disarray. Like, there's so many angles we could talk about. And I think we've covered a lot of them. Like, it, it, there's so much to this loss that it's, it's just not a normal loss. It's not like losing to Georgia. There was positives from that game. This there's nothing positive we can take from this game. There was no good performers on any side of the ball that I watched except Chase Claypool. The offensive line got bullied. Ian Book was awful. It, it, there's nothing good there. The defense was hit and miss. It had some good moments in the start of the second half, but it's not that elite defense it was supposed to be. I, I don't know. It's it sucks because Oklahoma lost. And that kind of opened up a path for us to get back into the playoff. That doesn't matter. So I guess the good news is we get to start cheering against USC and Michigan again. We don't have to fucking loathe every time they win because we need them to. We can full-on hate those two schools and have no repercussions of it because it won't matter for strength of schedule because we're not getting into the playoff. But there's still something to play for. We still have a bowl game that we can play for, a really good one. We could get a really good opponent. And I know that might scare us initially, but we can hang with anybody, I think. Um, although playing Alabama would terrify me. But like getting a good bowl game would be great, especially because we haven't won a New Year's Six bowl game in forever. So just getting that out of the way to kind of dismiss those ghosts, having that opportunity to finally say, look, we can win the big one. Um, but that's it, you know? We just, we just kind of have to get through it, hold our heads up, and uh, and use this week to get over what I would call the Irish hangover, right? It's losing a brutal game. You're sick to your stomach. I know all of you woke up with that just 
pit in your stomach. You all went to bed with that anxiety like I did. I was just so anxious all night because I knew we had lost that game. I couldn't believe it. And then the next day is the hangover. So I know you guys are all going through that. That's why we got this out here as quick as we could. Steve, do you have anything else to, to talk about before we kind of wrap this one up? I've said my piece. I love this program. Make Notre Dame great again. Well said. Go Irish. Beat Hokies. We'll see you guys next week. Follow us at Horseman Pod. Twitter, Instagram. Interact with us because we're depressed too. But hopefully this could make you guys feel a little bit better. That we can empathize with each other. And we can kind of have something to look forward to. But we are the Fighting Irish. We will fight on. Not for Old SC. But we'll fight on for Notre Dame. Good night. Have a good week.